Alright, welcome. Welcome to episode one. The pilot. The pilot episode of, uh, of Taste Buds. The Taste Buds podcast with uh, your host Brandon Eagle. I'm here with my brother Mike. Really excited. Everybody. Mike's first podcast. He's a little my nervous. He's got, he's got the butterflies. Yeah, I got a little, I got a little <laughs> nerves going on here. Mike's been on the radio before though. Little known I, fact about Mike. Big radio guy. I am on at 1 a.m. on certain <laughs> Boston stations promoting our amazing products here at Eagle Leasing. But not only not only as an advertisement as advertiser, but also you were on the radio in college. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit on my, our local uh, um, Z89. I remember which that. This is a Syracuse pop station that no one listened to. <laughs> my lot morning of, show Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Yeah. Well, was that just sports? Uh, it was no, it was a, um, it was everything. We just played like top forty and like we're on in between the songs and oh, that's just sort of like would go through the top stories of the day. And uh, it was me and this guy from one of my journalism classes who got me into it and uh, didn't tell me it was a six a.m. show. Six a.m. Working. <laughs> you got to really be a morning person. Getting up at, in Syracuse at six a.m. Not fun. Not does not sound yeah fun not yeah we're in the dead of winter when it's like ten degrees walking <laughs> to that station not fun but um, but yeah no you're the you're the podcast veteran yeah okay so I I did I dabbled in the podcasting game if you haven't checked out floundering um, last year we decided to me and my friends decided to do a dating podcast in New York now we're shifting gears a bit to food this is this we're gonna we're gonna establish what exactly this podcast is about. Um, but I want to first get into, I want to first get into, you know, what got us to this point. You know, we talked a little about Michael being at Syracuse. Obviously, you know, we're working at ESPN is a whole different thing. Um, and what what got us to this point? Tell us a little bit about your background, Mike, and then I'll get into a little bit, you know, what, what my background is. Um, so I don't know where to even start. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, how can I explain going from television to containers and trailers? Television containers. Fascinating. Um, no, I mean, you know, I've always, I've always, um, you know, been interested. First of all, um, I've I've been always been interested in television. Um, I feel like you know that more than anyone. Brandon's kind of like all I've usually will talk about throughout some office quotes or um, you know stuff from from. You know, the last 15 years of dramas, I'll always be up on what's going on, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. It Mad started Man. with Jack Bauer, I it feel was, like. It was big at 24 Jack, in high 24, school. would you say, what was the first show that you were like, holy shit? Like, I mean, 24 was a game changer. Yeah. You know, that I feel like that was when I was, that was really when I started to realize that TV could be addicting in that way. Um, and then... Um, you know, going to, to going to Syracuse and kind of learning the behind the scenes stuff of, of how TV works. I've always, you know, I've, I've continued to be interested in it. And food has been more recent. You know, you you know, food I feel like has been over the last five years or so. I feel like I've gotten really into restaurants. Um, I've developed that as like a kind of a hobby. Um, you know, reading about restaurants and chefs and stuff like that. So like if, if we had this podcast like five years ago, this would be a sports podcast type of thing. Like we both were, or TV, it would be TV and sports. Right. But I think with the unique lens on this, there's so many podcasts out there about TV and sports, like yeah. hot takes. But food is something that we both like, 
you and I both recently have gotten really into the restaurant scene. And it honestly was introduced like like through like the date, like the dating scene. Like that's how you kind of get introduced to it. Like in a new city is like when you start going on dates. Right. You start having to like explore, you know, different restaurants and it gives you that opportunity. And that's I know that that for me, that's what recently has gotten me back into the Boston food scene. Right. I mean, you know, coming from Connecticut, working at ESPN for four years, the the, um, the restaurant scene, not in, amazing. Um, and I also, you know, working late, wasn't really dating much. Uh, but then coming back here about five years ago now, um, I think I just reached a point where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to go out on a date, like, let's make it a good restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, that was my philosophy. I was just not into going out and spending. I mean, this could be a whole other podcast, yeah. but the idea of going out and going on a date like just really wasn't appealing. I just I just liked, you know, I, I don't know. I, I it was a it's hard for me, I think, naturally to put myself out there. Um, so I, I think that I started to sort of look at it like, all right, well maybe I can use the dating scene to try out restaurants and bars and stuff where I really couldn't really go with my guy friends. Right. And um, it kinda like it, it, it provides such a nice context like a nice context for the date, like a setting for the date. Like right. it, like even if the date ends up sucking, as long as you have a good meal about out of it. Right. It, I mean, it gives you like, you know, it, it makes it redeemable at the end right. of the day. Like guys are kind of at a disadvantage if you think about it. Like we don't go out to like cool restaurants and bars. Like right. you and your guy friends. Yeah. Like me and my friends, like we're not thinking, we're just kind of going to like pubs and stuff like that. We're not like, oh, this chef is uh, in town. He's like, you know, he just opened a new restaurant. Like we got to check this place out. So really like that's, you know, it's not like I was going on many dates, but anytime I would venture out and actually get the courage to go on a date, I would try to find somewhere cool where I could be like, all right, well, this will at least check off that box. Mm-hmm. Like I can at least say I went to this fun place. Right, right. Exactly. Um, so fast forward, you now are married, happily married. Yeah, Congratulations, yeah, Mike. So, Mike, he's now tied down. Um, um, got very lucky. I have a wife who is equally into the restaurant scene and actually uh was um a part of the restaurant scene for before right. i met her was actually in the industry uh working so we'll have to have her on the podcast yeah, so as she a, could be she'll be definitely on the yeah. podcast to provide a different perspective on on things right so that was like a big plus is that we had that in common um you know she was she was kind of into going to cool places and i feel like it actually made our dates even better because you know we went to went to some really uh cool restaurants you know second third fourth dates where uh, again, it kind of makes the conversation even better. It kind of gives you something to talk about. Order a few different dishes. Um, I really think food is kind of a. It, it really is something that can like bring people together. Oh yeah. And like give you something to talk about. Um, and it really, I think, aids conversation. It's um, kind of like the great equalizer. Like I don't know. It's 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 such a like everyone connects to food in, in different ways, and um, it, it's that that's what makes it such a like fantastic like uh, d- like date and 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 even going out with friends. Like we've we've always in our family, I would say um, the Eagle family has always put a lot of value in me- in good meals. Like I yeah. think that's something that our or that our dad. Like I, I remember there's always been that quote where it's like I, I, I it's 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 like a good dinner is priceless kind of like you'd rather spend money on a good dinner than like we don't you're not going to Broadway shows we're not going we're to not, concerts yeah. so much sporting events like like Dave Eagle would rather go to a really good steakhouse than go to like a right. Pat's a Pat's playoff game even like and that you know and that's the I feel like I carry that philosophy yeah 
even like we were just so you know we were just on our honeymoon in Hawaii and and um, I feel like everything we spent was on food. I, mm-hmm. I feel like we just said like all right, let's go to a sick restaurant every night we're there. Right. And like we're not trying to go like hiking and all the scoop snorkeling and all these other activities. Like we're just looking to like go to a cool restaurant and mm-hmm. not like eat like a crazy quantity of food, but go somewhere where we can like actually reflect on it afterwards mm-hmm. and be like, oh, we went there and it's like a cool chef that was in you know part of the restaurant right right but yeah so that's always been yeah like that's something that like i think what what would you say is your first like we we were kind of talking about this before the podcast like was there like the the same way with shows with jack bauer and 24 opening your eyes to the the power of tv and your connection to it was there one specific thing that really like opened your eyes to to food in general or like um your connection to to food or like like kind of your your taste for for certain food like is there something that really opened your eyes to that um, you know, I, and you know, this, this story, we, um, there wasn't anything, I don't know that there was necessarily a trigger, but I do, I do always remember, um, watching a story on Keller, on Thomas Keller. Mm, right. Yeah. Like when we were probably, and this was probably 15 years ago and watching like a 60 minute story on him. And that's always been in the back of my mind. It was always, and I always found it fascinating because when you're when you're in high school, when you're in middle school, you just don't think of food in that way. Like right. oh, people would pay a lot for that kind of food. Right. And the story was about per se in New York, and I remember being fascinated by that idea of like you would actually wait two months to get into a restaurant. We used to that used to be like a joke with us. We'd be yeah, like, like, oh, we had to wait months for reservations. Yeah, but like, like that at the time seemed like that's ridiculous. I but nowadays it's it's very com like it's very commonplace for these com- these big restaurants. You're not getting a reservation within a month. Like yeah, you're just no, not. you you have to know what you're doing. You have to go on a month before and actually like you know to, to you you can't just like call up a restaurant like that like yeah. a week before. Right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, and there's a lot of places in Boston that are now like that where we have to go on. You know, a restaurant opens and it's really hot. Uh, we have to make a reservation like three or four weeks before, and that just never. I never. Um, I never really thought that was a thing. I never, it was like, it opened my eyes to like, oh, there's a whole other world out there. And that's kind of always been in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't really say I carried it with me like throughout college and when I was in Connecticut uh, because I don't really think I ate at anything remotely like where that. You, don't, you also don't have like, it's, you go through a period of your life where like you're a kid. When you're a kid, you get brought to these restaurants that are nice restaurants because you're not paying for them. Right. And you you, you don't appreciate them as much as you necessarily would if you're older. But you and, and then and then you go off on your own and you can't afford the restaurants. So you're right. not going out to these nice restaurants right. again. So that's why I would say recently for both of us, you both like now we both have like have some discre- some income to spend where you're you're and you have a, you know you have who you have Jacqueline who you can go out to restaurants with like right. it's now become a refocus where you're like okay like you can splurge on a Friday or Saturday night right that's where you're spending a lot of like your your big money you're not right, right. you know what I mean so it, it makes sense that this is like this is the time in our life where we're honing back in on restaurants is like a big Right. So now I want to get okay. So you, I've talked about. I feel like my background is pretty boring. Basically, TV and just a foodie. What is your like? Okay. What, give so me the rundown of like what, like 
how you've been interested in TV, food, music. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we both had a connection to TV and movies early on. Um, it was something we shared, like, just from an early age, like comedy. I think comedy was, like, something that's always been in our family. Like, uh, like, our, like, like Papa Bert, like our grandpa, like, just, oh, and, and uh, Elise. Like, we always were big on, on getting together, watching, like, funny, funny shows, funny TV. And, and it became, like, um, just part of our family. Like, um, and I would say that we became... Um, and we grew up on movies and TV all throughout all throughout our childhood. And then um, I, you know, my career took a turn into into music. I, I worked for Spotify for four years after after school, and um, the whole kind of entertainment business. We both were in the entertainment business, working in it, and you see a different side of it when you're working in it. Right. Like I I, worked, I I I became connected not only to TV and and uh, movies, but also music. Like when I was in in college and, and after college and. Um, that was really reinforced with my time at Spotify. Um, and I think that's one where our taste kind of started veering off was you got really into, in the last like four years, really into uh, food um, while I was like getting really into music. Like I, I like got really into music when I was right. working for Spotify. And that's kind of the, the idea behind this podcast is not only, I don't only, I, I mean, this is going to be the food kind of focus podcast, but um, I, I really want to get into to music tastes and, and it's going to be and all of it's our going to be all of our tastes and we're going to have other people on the podcast to talk about that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I would say we we were very close growing up. We were very close um, and and really connected on like like The Office and, and funny shows like that and just like saw the, saw how um, TV and movies like it was all of our inside jokes pretty much were all like comedy shows like The Office and stuff like that. Um, and then music became a huge part of my life, uh, like in college, and and that really like now is is carrying through um, to to my life right now. So now we're both you know going from music to um, just like you went from from sports TV to uh, to containers. I'm going from music to containers. Right. Um, and that's a whole different podcast. It could be working at a family business. We both work at a family business right. um, in the same office. So that's that. That's a whole different conversation, us talking through the dynamics behind all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at now is is uh, is getting back into the into the restaurant scene. And the last couple of months being around you, uh, every time I look over at this dude's screen, he's got a different restaurant up on his screen. He's always telling me about restaurants that are opening, restaurants that are closing. Um, so I felt like there's not, um, there's not that much in terms of like, like, con- like guiding light around restaurants, where to go on, on, in certain situations, certain contexts. There's a lot of different things out there, a lot of different like critics and, and Yelp and there, there's a lot of noise out in the food, the food, uh, like, you know, the food world. And it, it felt like this was a like kind of a good conversation for us to have is to have it on a consistent basis. Um, around food in, in this area specifically. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, there's there's the food focus, but I think that it will also be sort of whatever we're feeling for the week. You know, if there's something that we listen to that we really love or there's something that we watch that we really love, I think that it's going to be really, uh, I, want, I want it to be whatever, like whatever our tastes are that week. And it can be food focused because that's kind of a lot of what we talk about. But I think it's going to cross a few different uh, platforms and, and topics. Um, but the one thing I wanted to get back to with what you just said is uh, with, with sort of how you discover food. Um, Instagram, huge mm. for me. Yeah. And, and the more I was thinking about it, the more I was realizing that I think as I joined, when I joined Instagram and I started to follow accounts and based on my interests, 
I think that a lot of why I, or how I find restaurants is through Instagram. I'll see a picture of like a bolognese, and I'm like, okay, where the heck is that? Mm-hmm. And then you click on where it is, and then suddenly you've discovered that restaurant. Um, you know, we just recently, Jacqueline, you and I just recently went to Pammy's in Cambridge. Great restaurant. I found that through Instagram. I saw a picture of that bolognese, and I'm like, where the heck is Pammy's? Right. All of a sudden, you figure out where it is. You Google it. You find out, okay, it gets great reviews, and you just go. And so I think Instagram has made restaurants really accessible. Yeah, I think sure. that, like, there's no, especially, like, living in a city like New York, Boston, how are you supposed to know where all these places are? Mm-hmm. You know, like, unless you just Google best restaurants in Boston, you know, you have to find kind of, like, find pictures of these places and, like, find, find it somehow. Right. So I do find that that's really how I, we, you know, Jacqueline and I will be at home. We'll find it. We'll see a picture of a restaurant and be like, where is this place? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of – I feel like we find a lot of restaurants that way. I think Instagram has really helped – um, what are the big, of, what are the big accounts that you follow? Is it is it uh, like the eater infatuations yeah, of the world, like yeah. those types of things? Infatuations big. Um, now they have infa- so they used to just have infatuations like main account, which was uh, everything. I think it was actually started in New York. Right. Um, now they came out with infatuation in Boston. Um, eater has one, um, and then uh, I feel like I'm just forgetting some. But there's their infatuation. It's like yeah. Boston eats like Boston there's like there's, there's like there's I I you can pretty much if you once you start going down the rabbit hole of food like right. they start recommending food I think uh, I just, I think I just followed a bunch uh, when we um, you know when I stu- when I got on Instagram I started following uh, a bunch and um, you know I don't even know uh, the accounts anymore I just know the pictures that come up but uh, very it makes it very easy to find places right really and that's does. something that didn't exist before like you really like there's such an emphasis now on restaurants being kind of like instagrammable like having like right. you know unique like like really putting it like that that's that's the majority of their marketing nowadays is, is going is, is paying people to come Inf- influencers coming in eat at their restaurants um, that's like such an it's such an important uh, marketing tool for for a lot of restaurants now. Yeah, I mean, there's a there was a, a story a few years ago. Boston Shops opened a, a downtown location, and um, they actually have an Instagram table. Where oh, they right. Have bet the better lighting at that table, where influencers can come and sit and actually take pictures and post that, and it costs the guy like a ton of money for that table. Uh, but that's kind of what you have to do now. Mm-hmm. You want to get your pictures out there, so people see a picture of a steak mm-hmm. or whatever, and they they want to go. So. You know, I think it's I think it's easier than ever to find a good restaurant. I really mm-hmm. do. I think that if you just kind of have to spend some time on it and re, and and you know you know what sites to go to, whether it's Eater or Thrillist or all those. You know, there's there's a few other sites in Fatuation, but um, you know, I think it's I think it's really easier than ever. Yeah, and I think so. Just to set the table, no pun intended, or pun intended for, for, pun, for intended. pun intended for the rest of the show. I think every week, yeah, we're going to be talking about like the best thing we ate. Um, you know, and, and even, you know, how we found, how we found the restaurant is important. You know, like you said, like through Instagram or however we heard about it. Um, and I think a big part of that, um, which we'll also talk about is kind of knowing the scene, like knowing, knowing the players, like, is, like, talk about how important, like, you know, when you, when you know, once you know, like the good chefs, the good, like the good restaurant groups, it makes it does make your life a little easier because you can you can see like oh this guy's opening a new restaurant here and you you sort of have a certain level of expectation of what you what to expect from that restaurant and you kind of go along for the ride and go along for the ride like based on you you don't need to do too much extra research on what type of food it is because you right. know 
the credibility of the chef or the owner, whoever's opening it. Right. Um, who are the big players in, in Boston right now? I mean, my number one guy, well, it's two guys that, that are co-owners, uh, Ken Oranger and Jamie Bissonette. Mm-hmm. I think that they're the top group. But you got to follow them on, whoever's, like, follow them yeah, on Instagram. Ken Oranger, great, great Jamie Biss is his uh, handle. Um, they are, I think, the best of the best in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so they own Toro, Copa, Little Donkey, um, and then Uni, which is a Japanese restaurant. Um, they... Uh, their restaurants are just incredible. I mean, they, Toro's a tapas. They're all really. It seems like they're all sort of small plates centered around that Toro and and Co- and uh, Little Donkey, especially uh, Copa is an amazing Italian restaurant. Um, I, I think that they're like the main players. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to a Ken Orger restaurant, it's probably gonna be pretty good. Mm-hmm. If he opens a restaurant, it's huge news. Um, I think Barbara Lynch is another big one. Um, she owns um, B and G Oyster. She owns Sportello, among others. Um, Garrett Harker is one. He owns Row 34, uh, Eastern Standard, Island Creek. Um, and, uh, and then, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, the one, oh, um, one that I think is kind of an up and comer is, um, and I'm blanking on her last name. She owns, uh, Fox and the Knife. She came from Myers and Chang. She mm-hmm. was the chef there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joanne Chang owns Flower Baker. She owns Myers and Chang. So I'm kind of, I'm dropping a lot of names, but, um, it's kind of easy. It is easy once you, and that's kind of the way I discovered these these chefs and owners is you sort of just hear a name once, and then you'll like hear the yeah. name again. And so it sounds like a lot of name dropping. It's like how do you even know all these names? But all it is is you hear like the name Ken Oranger once, and then you go to another restaurant and you see like on the menu it says Ken Oranger, and you're like, oh, that looks familiar. Oh, it's the same guy. Right. Um, it's so, kind of. It feels like that's almost like a cheat code for like for knowing good restaurants is once right. you get to get to know the the names. Like that's one thing that I didn't know moving back here, which I've started to kind of get to know is when you go to a really good restaurant, like look up the chef or look up like you know the story behind the restaurant and then once you kind of get that name in your head if you see another restaurant that's by that same like like you get you see another restaurant by that same chef right. or that same owner like that's how you can kind of start building out your roster of like go-tos right. like that, that i think that's a good like strategy for anyone going to like a new city um and, and trying to like get established in the restaurant scene it's always good to kind of like look up the best restaurants look up the chefs of those restaurants right. and then you can like start developing your network of restaurants that you can kind of depend on um, yeah, across and, the whole city and like all those people i just named are boston obviously yeah and they're like every city has those like yeah. eight nine people it's kind mm-hmm. of amazing like you could live in portland and have just like eight nine like probably restaurateurs that like you know own that you know different right and they're all they some of them interconnect to like you, you like they, they, there should be like a website that has a map of all the chefs because like right. how they how much they work and like you mentioned thomas keller like it's almost like a coaching tree you could look at like belichick's coaching tree could be like thomas keller's coaching tree and like i think like no one really understands that on that world of of, i think like chef's table is kind of starting to like bring that to the limelight like like the netflix show like that type of stuff um and david obviously uh david chang but like um there's so much like uh, there's such a web of all these chefs that like across the whole country um that like they all learn from each other they're all like like you know rolling up to each other and that's how the kind of the best restaurants in the world um how they get established is is through that network right and for anyone listening who doesn't know thomas keller is sort of like the guy at the top of the pyramid in the chef would you say he's the guy like is he the top guy i think he's the 
I mean, I think he's like the most acclaimed chef. You know, the problem with Thomas Keller is that, you know, 99% of the public would never go to one of his restaurants. Right. So it's like really hard. You only are, you're only talking about 1% of the world that has probably been to a Thomas Keller restaurant. He had, you know, for, again, for anyone that doesn't know, you know, his main restaurants are, are French Laundry and Per Se in New York, French Laundry's in California. And he has these, you know, $400 tasting menus that, you know, you're not just going to on a random night, but it's such high level execution. Right. And the chefs that have worked for him have then gone on to do their own crazy restaurants. And the chefs that have worked for them have gone. So his 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 chef's tree is unbelievable. He has like he has probably 50 to, you know, to 100 chefs that have opened their own restaurants that have somehow worked for him or have worked for someone who's worked for him. So he's he's kind of the gold standard. I mean, he's he's really what I think every chef wants to be as as acclaimed as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, his food's not for everybody. But that's kind of the beauty of food is that I could think that his restaurants are really the be-all, end-all. Someone else could say, no, I think that um, a Danny Meyer restaurant is the be-all, right. end-all. Right, You right. know, I wouldn't want to go to a Thomas Keller restaurant. I think Chef Z is, a, you know, like whatever, They all have ABC. kind of different philosophies on how to, like, be successful. Right. Like, like Danny Meyer... He's obviously he's he's now known kind of as the Shake Shack guy, right? But but, but also has had a r- right. career in really fine out in great like bistros and great restaurants. Just sort of happened to also start right. Shake Shack, right? And another plug probably that I know you probably were going to mention at some point is reading that book, Setting the Table. Right? Isn't that the name of it? Great his? book for anyone who's interested in food or restaurants. It's really. Um, really fascinating look um, at his career and he offers some he sort of spends half the book about his career and half the book about just management styles in general and like you know valuing your employees and how that's sort of permeated throughout his whole uh, restaurant group um, and how that you know taking care of your employees and then taking care of the customer is sort of really his philosophy and how he it's you know establishes the whole uh, culture of hospitality and it's it's a great great book for anyone in any industry. I feel like it's helped me in, in my job in in, in in containers and trailers. Right, because so. it kind of yeah right. If it can apply to containers and trailers, you can then, apply to anything. Yeah. It's like yeah. I mean, it's 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 like right. You can pull a lot of good lessons out of like the best chefs. Like we were kind of talking about that. Like there's there's a lot of like similarities um, about being a good leader, being a good manager. Like um, and and yeah, like it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty amazing to see like the. Uh, how much work these guys put into to the craft, um, and w- w- like I guess, what would you say is the line? Like, where, w- at what point, like, would you recommend going, like, spending the money to have these experiences? Like, that's always the toughest thing for some people to get over is the price. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it, it, for us, it's like going to a Broadway show. Like, I'd rather almost go to a, res- a nice restaurant, but the hurdle is always the price. Like, you know, that that that's always the biggest hurdle for going to going to some of these restaurants. But for some reason, it hasn't like been as mainstream adopted as like going to a show. It's it, but it is a performance in its own way. It is. It is. Um, I, I think it's becoming bigger. I think that like maybe five, ten years ago, even it was. I think the public had this. Uh, I think. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I think to myself it's five or ten years ago, but maybe it's just that I'm older now. I mm-hmm, think when you're right. in your early 20s, you cannot fathom spending mm-hmm. that much at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, going out and spending like 150 200 at a restaurant, that's like a crazy night out. Mm-hmm. Now, I think as you get into your late 20s, 30s, I think that you sort of have a different standard for what's an experience. And... 
you know, I've I now really do remember meals I have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jacqueline and I really remember certain meals that we had there. You know, that those were like the highlights of like our honeymoon right. in Hawaii right. were the meals that we had. And so, you know, it's like you said, going to a Broadway show. Well, that's not like a memory you'll always have. Well, I think meals are the same way. I think that's like a memory that you always have and you always will remember that experience in life. Um you know, so it's a hard because it's just going to be some people that view food as like I got to eat dinner somewhere. That's what, yeah, exactly. I, will, I want some, it serves I want, a purpose, right? I want a good value, yeah, and that's all I care about, and that's fine. Um, I would never tell that person they were wrong. I just think that uh, I've sort of my I've sort of evolved in in my thinking, and now I'm I've reached a point where I'm I really do value a great meal. Right, and it can it can really that memory can last for so long. Right, that's the thing. It, it it once you like expand your once you like expand your palate and kind of get exposed to like the high end uh, form of dining. Like right. once you you go to one of these amazing restaurants, um, it really does like you don't focus on like the the portion. You know, we have friends that like you know focus focus specifically on the like. Oh yeah, we're not right. getting like I want to make sure I'm getting full here, but. That's not really why you go to these restaurants. You really go to these restaurants to have an experience. Like it, it, it is really is like a really an experience um, that you'll always like you'll always remember. So it's it really like that's when it shifts from becoming going to like you know just going for nourishment, going for to get just to grab food for dinner versus like I'm gonna have I'm gonna go out here to to, to have an experience buying like tickets to a show. Pretty much that's like kind of what. Um, what that philosophy like is for some of these right, projects. and then tying it back to music. I yeah, mean, it's it's like going to a concert. Yeah, it's like you know you would, um, you know if if your favorite artist is playing and you are like I am going no matter what the I want mm-hmm. going. It's an experience. I'm yeah. spending two hundred three hundred bucks. Right. Well, I think a meal can be like that. Yeah. It's just that a lot of people don't really see it that that way. But I think that it's it's it really is. Um, you know, it's really. Uh, evolving to become like that. I think that I think that people do start are start looking um are starting to look at food yeah. like that. Right. Um, the price tag always hangs over people's heads. I always right. feel like that. When you go to a really expensive restaurant, if you're paying for it, it's always like you have you have this expectation. You're like if it right. doesn't satisfy everything that you want, then it's not worth the money. Like why did I spend this money? Like and I think once you kind of like open yourself up beyond the price, like that's the big hurdle that people it, it takes a while for people to get over. There have been times where I've thought, okay, I've spent a lot and the food wasn't unbelievable, but the experience was. Right. You know, the let's the whole night was mm-hmm. was memorable. Right. Um and and that counts for something. Yeah. You know, the food and that's that blows a lot of people's minds. Like you're telling me you're gonna spend a lot and the food might not be even that like mind blowing. Well the food might not always be that mind blowing. You know, we you know, I, I got you know, I'm sure we'll get into this, but I'm you know, we, we I I Proposed to Jacqueline and Alinea, which is a, um, and we'll talk about this for and more in depth. It's a restaurant in Chicago, and it's 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 a Keller disciple. And you gotta watch the Chef's Table if you haven't seen the Chef's Table just episode. Watch, the, watch that Grant Ackett's one. Yeah, Grant Ackett's is the chef there, um, and I highly recommend watching that episode to see what he does. Um, you know, Jacqueline and I went there, and 
the food there is not necessarily the best food we ever mm-hmm. had. You know, I don't mm-hmm. even really remember what I mm-hmm. ate, but I remember the experience. Well, it's probably because it might well, have something to do with the fact that you were waiting to propose yes, a whole meal. The proposal definitely <laughs> impacted, but I. That's also I, a lesson for everyone out there. Don't go, don't propose like go to that type of restaurant yeah, and propose. A, I mean, even though it does have a, it's a great story. It probably like you didn't or were not able to appreciate. That that's meal. another topic. I feel like that's a whole separate. Um, that is, you know, I wouldn't change it, but I also it's. It's hard because you're sitting there for like two hours and you know what you will, you know what the end game is, but you have to kind of get there. Yeah. And you're sort of every every dish you get is like, okay, now I'm one step closer. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't, you just won't appreciate it. Right. But you know, I've 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 read a lot of reviews of that restaurant where a lot of people have said similar, like, oh, the fo- food wasn't mind blowing, but like what they did with the food was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're at that point now where people can also appreciate just the whole experience. Right. 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 Exactly. So. This is really just setting the table. I, I mean, we're going to be getting into, you know, obviously the best things we ate, like food news, what's opening and closing in the areas, like critics' reviews of, of all the restaurants, maybe just like going into some of the most recent reviews that we've seen, um, even like how tech is integrating into food. I mean, we talked about Instagram um, and how big that influence has been. Um, but there's also other things like, we, you know, we, we, we have been talking about o- like different different reservation systems, open table, seated, um, a new one called Talk, which is for more upscale. Um, so we'll kind of talk about some news around uh, the food uh, and, and tech as well as like celebrity sightings. It's always I think it's always interesting to know, um, you know, what celebrities like where they're eating, because that that does have it, it does lend some credence to those restaurants when you when you right. know your favorite celebrities eating at certain restaurants. And also, like, athletes after the game, like, where they're going to dine. Um, it's always good to, to know that stuff. So um, we're going to be talking about that. And then also um, some spicy takes. I don't know if we want to get into one now. but We can do one now. Um, I think that... What's a good I, one I'm to start of, with? I'm kind of into the spicy takes segment. We're going to do some quick food topics, and we're going to get some takes from Brandon and I on those. So let's start with... Um, how about sending food back? Oh, Okay, let's start with this one. So every week we're gonna do one topic, and like we're gonna, it's a little, a little bit of a controversial subject. So like, what's your? So you're at a restaurant. Like, what's your standard for actually sending something back? Like, what would it take? Uh, well, first, if they get the food wrong, obviously. Okay, get that, the food that's wrong. baseline. Yes. Unless it's like maybe it's pleasant surprise. It looks really good. Like right. you'd be like, okay, maybe I'll switch it over. Um, but if I would say it's different when you get to like a steak restaurant. If something's like really under overcooked if it's like noticeably i'm always a little hesitant to send back something that's a little more overcooked just because i know that it's gonna they're gonna have to go throw it back on and it's gonna be a whole it's you know they can't throw back on they have to like start over and right but if if something's undercooked no problem sending it back a little bit if it's like super red um but i've been getting into more like rare type of steak but i i wouldn't I, i know people like it does kind of it, I, the one line I would I would say I wish I was more vocal about was when if stuff isn't warm as as warm as I want it to be if it's like comes back like yeah. lukewarm I won't ever send it back. No, but I, I won't either. I won't, but I'll be. It just it affects my. Like, I, I wish I did. That. Yeah, I know, I know. So our mom does that where if a food if food is not and really I kind of respect that. Well, it's it it you know, here's the thing for me, and this is so this is my take on it is. And I probably I probably should be more vocal too. Like Jacqueline's a lot more vocal about, you know, if something is not good, like she will actually she's just in general more vocal with the waiter or waitress, whereas I'm kinda like, okay, they just probably let it appreciate go. that. Right, they right? probably do. But if something's not warm, my whole thing is then you gotta wait for it to be cooked yeah, again. Yeah, I know. And everyone else is sitting at the table. 
It's so your 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 opinion is because of more because of like the other people. At the, you're not as focused on like look. You don't care about like just like like get it like like making the waiter upset or anything like that. You're no, just more I'm more. About, I don't know. I mean, if I'm like out to dinner with another couple and they all then have their meals and I'm like, oh, mine's actually not yeah. warm. That is you're the that worst. guy. I am. Not, I don't want to be that guy. And then it's like that. everyone's like, shoot, do we eat? Right. Or... And then you're like kind of the diva at the table. Yeah, you're the diva. So do you want to be the diva, or you just sort of accept Suck like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like to me, lukewarm food cannot. It doesn't have to be horrible. Like it might be decent. Right. You know, like I don't know. I, I, I feel like for me, my standard is pretty. Like I have to have. It has to be horrible. Right. Um. But they would. I mean, they wouldn't want you to suck like these. Especially if you're going to a really nice restaurant, they wouldn't want you to suck it up. They 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 want you to tell them because that that's that's feedback for them, and they wouldn't want to serve anything that's not like like the best quality it can be. Right, and you know, I think in future episodes, like if we can get some chefs on, yeah, I'd love to run this by them and say, okay, well, what's your standard as a chef? Like, do you do you find it acceptable when someone sends it back for this reason? Right, and they probably would want, like you said, they'd want you to send it back for a lot of different reasons. You know, they don't want you to leave for any. You know, they don't want you to leave the restaurant with any bad taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Uh, But okay, so this is that's specifically for food. How does it differ for drinks? Because drinks is. That's that's almost a whole different conversation because like you, you know how they let you try the wine. Have you ever seen anyone no send back possible? That would be the ultimate. I've never seen it. <laughs> I actually was thinking about this. Uh, we were out last. We were out last weekend, and Jacqueline's trying the wine, and I thought to myself, like she was like, I she was like, oh, it's great, and I was like. I feel like I couldn't imagine her in that moment being like not that good. Yeah, I know. I'm always. It's always like that. There's that moment of like, uh, like the drum roll when like they're trying it, and you're yeah. like, like you don't want to be that. You don't want to no. be like, like with mom probably more than anyone, where you're yeah. like, you don't want to be sending back that glass. Like that. No, no, that, that is, it would have to be so bad. I will say that I would actually really respect <laughs> if I was with someone that did that. Yeah, I would be like, that's an unbelievable, right. it's a wild, move. wild move, wild move to actually send back wine. We can get Mark on the yeah, podcast. Actually, we have to talk to our uncle more. Yeah, about so that. our uncle is very into wine. Um, he probably would send it. Or no, because he, he knows the wine he's ordering is the thing. Yeah, see, that's the thing. He's at a level where he he would be like, that person's an idiot if they... Or, or uh, another take on that is that if they're like, oh, this hasn't been opened enough or something. Or oh, if this, right. right? They could, he could maybe be specific about like, did you let this breathe? Like... You didn't I, let it breathe enough. Yeah, you didn't let. You gotta yeah, let that you open. Just let it. Let it open. Yeah, it open. I, yeah it's funny because I really, I did about a week ago. I had that thought. Like I've never actually seen anybody send yeah. back the wine. No, that I mean, when, how, how does the economics of that work? Do they, like, <laughs> like, do they pour it back in? <laughs> how does like, that even work? Like, like, I, I don't know. I mean, unless it's unless like you're pouring the wrong wine. Right, and yeah. you'd have to have a very sophisticated palate to know that. It's, this is okay. Oh no, so I'm going to tell me the 1990s. I'm going to tell a quick sending back story. So oh, we yeah. were at we were at a restaurant, Hajoko in Fenway. Um, great, great restaurant. Highly recommended. A lot of different small plates, kind of Asian, but they got a burger on the menu. So I ordered sake, and my sake comes, and it comes in a sake glass, but it's it's Sauvignon Blanc. It's very clearly wine. That's almost like they're testing you. No, so, <laughs> like, so I take a sip, 
and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I don't maybe I don't know Saki well enough. Yeah, right. Then it's like because you're, you're, you're in wanna, uncharted territory. Saki's not like the most common. You're not, not my strong suit. Yeah, not your strong suit. Right. So I'm like, you know, oh, I don't want to tell the waitress and right. ever be like, well, that's really you got like a really great Saki, and the fact that you don't know it's Saki, right. that's really bad. Right. So then I had Jack and uh, taste it, and she's like, oh no, that's Savion Blanc. I'm like, well, I have to say something. Yeah. It was in a Saki glass. It was in a Saki glass. So that's even more wild. And I'm like, what is going? Like, yeah, that was really wild. And then uh, I told the waitress, and the and a separate, I think it was the bartender, actually came back over with my sake and was like very apologetic and was like, I don't know how that happened. I was pouring a million things. Wow. So they were very apologetic, but it made me think, okay, well, that situation, I have to say something. Although. I could have seen myself maybe not and being yeah, like, I know. and just that's sort of drinking one. it, right? Because that—that's, I mean, that's different too. Because sake in a sake glass, yeah. And if you're on a date with someone that you don't know that well, and you take that risk, that's Ooh. a big risk to take. That's a big risk. If you're on a date, so a date situation is a whole separate thing for sending something back. Oh my god! Because you don't want to be that guy. You don't want you them suck s- it up. You don't want them sitting with their food. Yeah, and you don't want to be wrong about something like yeah. that. So that's why it's, I think it's important. We talk about this too. It's like going on dates. That's like going on dates that have shared plates is actually like such a nice. I think like oh, yeah. it, that. That's almost. I don't even go to restaurants and get my own meal anymore when no, I go on no, dates. No, no, shared plates. Shared the way plates to go. is really yeah. like. I think in general, that's been a huge trend in general across restaurants because you want to try different things. Right. And shared plates, like there's no commitment. There's no like – you get to like – there's no food envy. You kind of no, like no food you throw – you just throw out a bunch of things. And then I think that's like kind of – that that's that's a, that's a, the only way that I order on Tate's now. Right. I think it has a lot of a different advantages. You can try a few different things. You really can spend what you want. Like, yeah. Let's say you're trying to you know save a little bit and you're not trying to spend a crazy yeah. money. So you order three or four things. And, like, and then you throw out the old like uh, leave a menu, maybe leave a menu, or maybe more, order more. And you don't actually – and then you always yeah. more full than you – I mean how many times have you actually like you ordered that, more? Yeah, never oh, ordered. yeah. We'll throw a few more in if yeah, we're you know, hungry. Right. That's like a – that's a big league move. You're that's just a big like, league you know, move, yeah, yeah, this is good for now. I think and I then, did that. I went to Little Dunk in my second date and that's a small plates place of Ken Oranger yeah. and I think I might have used that move like oh no we'll order some more yes, if right. we have, are yeah. hungry and then yeah. we're never hungry you leave the door open you leave you the door open you don't want to close the door and you also like don't want to you kind of have to take the temperature of the other person and like alright how many plates are we thinking because you don't want to be yes. like yeah that's enough right like two plates right that's, that's yes. a tough thing yeah yeah um, but yeah I, I do agree I think shared plates are really the way to go. Um, I I totally am good with you know like old fashioned like a steakhouse where you're getting your own thing or whatever. But um, I I just love sharing. I just feel like yeah, it's, it, just try a few different things. And that goes back to your experiences thing, like in it being a communal thing because you want to try things together. Like you, you right. share an experience. You want to. That's why these places that are really expensive usually it's like you guys are all having the same dish. Right. So you can talk about the dish. You don't like right. having like, oh, my steak was amazing. Like how was your yeah. – I had one bite of yours. Right. How oh, was that? that was really good. That was really good. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Ever try someone else's food that they like and say, not really a big fan. Yeah, right. No, never no, no, would say always, that. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's really yeah. good. And no, then, no. That's like never said. Never. Th- so, no. I think the shared plates lends itself to that experience where you, you share that experience and then you, you have something to talk about. Like after the date, you're like, oh, how good was that? Like, you right. know, the, that, that those mashed potatoes, you know, like that mac and cheese. How good was – you can really like share that experience on the date so yeah that. very few times i'll go out and not and not share um it takes it takes a lot it takes something you know unless i really want something and i i don't know i don't even i'm right. very territorial but i don't even know the last time that's happened but 
um, yeah, sharing definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. That's almost another spicy take is talking about sharing at restaurants. Yeah, I'm told I'm all for it. The I one that, so there's a good story there too with the that restaurant uh, that you recommended in in Barcelona, De Greco. I think it was De Greco, called. Yes, that's a shout great, out. Great, great restaurant. And you would never think Italian restaurant in Barcelona, but for anyone traveling to Barcelona, definitely check it out. And they yeah. do something that like is I it, it's it's pretty genius. I think like what more restaurants should do is they yeah. give you a side plate of what the other person orders so unbelievable that, move. like that's that that is an like more restaurants should do that is that yeah. that hard to do i don't it's, think it it's, is i you don't really even need to change your portion size too much you're just like it's a lot of food but right and we were planning on splitting a couple things but they put one in front of me and one in front of jacqueline and then gave us the other thing and we're like what did they it's know amazing. we wanted to share oh my god and now it's like i've yeah i've sent you there and um, shout out to actually Whitney, Jacqueline's friend, who told us to go there. Yeah. She's actually the one that told us about it. But if she's listening, she gets mm-hmm. all props on that Yeah, one. there you go. Um, so, yeah, that that's a great – they've taken that to the next level. They were ahead of the game on to that Greco, one. yeah. yeah. And, and that's another – kind of leads into another part of the show that we'll probably get into is uh, having a travel travel segment. So, like, I think Barcelona was a good starting point. We probably won't get into that this week, but – um, just you know, Barcelona is great food city, and, great, great and, food and there's city. a lot of there's so much good, good. I mean, around the world, you just get so many different, so many different uh, ex- like food experiences. It's I think it's always good to to have some sort of uh, like you know compass when you when you go to these cities, knowing what what, what to, where to go. Right. Um, yeah, I think every week we should really make it a point. I think we're gonna um, you know have a little bit of a quick you know rundown. You know, what's the what are the top three or four places in this particular area? Um, you know, you've had a lot of travel experience in, in Southeast Asia, and we've gone to Australia together. Italy, um, we've done. We we've did done the Italy, Italy together. Yeah. Um, you know, we've both been to Spain. You've been to Portugal. We've, you know, we've been we've been to a few places, and we can kind of uh, provide some tips there. Yeah. So, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a good good pilot. You know, I think good we pilot. we got it got 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 the ball rolling here. Um, like I, you know, like we said, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully get get some uh, like chefs on here, get some food critics, get some you know other perspectives on food. But um, we really want this to be kind of the weekly go-to for your rundown on food, like food reviews, where to go for certain different situations, whether it's family dinners or dates, date spots. Because we have one guy that's single, one guy that's in a, you know married, happily married. Um, obviously, has different perspectives on uh, on what's a good what's a good date spot. Yeah, um, that, so, that'll be another thing is we'll right. talk about the differences, I think, between, you know, eating out at restaurants as someone married versus someone going on a date. Right. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. stuff like that. Or how how television is different when you're married versus single. Oh, yeah, right. I think we're going to really, you know, I think we're going to find our sweet spot and, uh, and, and, and we'll maybe have a segment about, you know, yeah, married versus sure. single. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, married versus single. Yeah, Absolutely. Two different, um, you know, two different uh, experiences. And then also, yeah, like best, like we said, best thing we, we ate, watched, and also heard. So, like, I want to get into, obviously, music, um, talking about music taste. I'll have some music, music buddies on to talk about that. And also podcasts, you know, podcasts, right. other podcasts that we listen to. We know da- the David Chang show is a big music podcast or food podcast that we, uh, we, we, we listen to pretty consistently. Um, any other big food podcasts out there that we, we should be House of Carbs, House is, of on, Carbs is a ringer that. podcast like Dave Chang show is. And it's yep. with Joe House, his friend Joe House. What are they, a, is that just about? They go through like restaurants. He has he, – it's kind of a, like a Dave Chang type uh, – you know, he – Dave Chang doesn't always focus on food. House of Carbs is all yeah, food. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's some there's some there's some good fo- food podcasts out there. 
But yep. So, yeah, so. Uh, all right. So that's that's episode one in the books. Um, any final right. thoughts, Mike? Uh, no, I'm I'm excited. I think we'll find our groove. And for anyone that listened that thought we took a while to get into it, we'll be we'll be better next week. The first episode's always it's just always getting, a little yeah, tough. Just We're, get you know, your feet. How wet, do we do a bio? You know, you know an intro. You know, like stuff like exactly. that. But no, exactly. we'll have some good. We'll have some cool guests and some fun topics, and we'll make y'all hung very hungry. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. So uh, all right, guys, we'll uh, all right. we'll see you next week. All right, see you next week.